Welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show, the number one podcast where we admit no matter what happens, daddy has the advice we need to fix our problems. Introducing my dad, Mr. Wayne Friedman. That was good. It would be nice if you could also sing a song. What would the song be? You love Paris in the springtime. I just made up some words to it. I love Rena in the springtime. I love Rena in the fall. (laughs) That's right. That's good enough. (laughs) Oh boy. Let's dive in. Today we have Craig Smith. He's a New Zealand author and musician. He has gone viral when a granny read his wonky donkey story to her grandkid, and it received over 250 million views on YouTube. Writing is definitely in his blood, and he's here to tell us more. Craig, welcome. What do you have there? Is that your new book? It's the advanced copy. There's only a couple in the country of the new Granny Granny Donkey that's coming out. End of October, early November. I'm very excited. It looks fantastic. It's a good giggle and it's a bit of a sort of a book. It's a lovely book. I don't normally do the new ones. I normally do the silly ones, but it just seemed like the right thing to do in the current environment. So tell me about your inspiration for your books. Wonky Donkey just came from hearing hearing a joke. What do you call a donkey with three legs, a wonky donkey, which I had heard before. And all I did is take it home and expand on it and put it to music. The result of that was the kids that I was playing to responded to it really well. And it was pretty clear that we could turn it into a book. That's how I got it going. It was a sort of an organic process. Can I get you to Yeehaw? Yeehaw! I love it. I actually, I'm going to rope my husband into doing one. He's from Texas and he, uh, he does oh, it for Oh, he'll the kids. know how to Yeehaw. Yeehaw! Yeehaw! It's funny because I was in Texas in 1991. I was in Austin. Went to a honky-tonk and wore some boots and put a hat on. <laughs> so I'm familiar with Texans yeehaws, for sure, and their dance moves. <laughs> can you do those dance moves? Not really. I can attempt it. I'm six foot five, so with two-inch cowboy heels on, I was quite tall. I was very tall all of a sudden. <laughs> Yeah, that's a giant cowboy. It was a lot of fun. I had a good time in Texas. I want to know about your daddy now. Not too much to know. He left when I was two and he went overseas and I just had the opportunity to meet him for the second time in my life. The first time in my life was when I was 14. I met him for three days and then the second time in my life was when I stayed with him for a couple of weeks. What was that like? Uh, It was good. It was good and bad. Yeah, it was interesting. That's just the way it goes sometimes. Has he read your book? Oh, yeah. He knows about my books. Yeah, so what part of New Zealand are you from? I'm from a place down south called Queenstown. It's a tourist town. Have you ever experienced rejection or were you just like a success overnight? The first book that I did, every single publisher turned it down. So everyone turned down Wonky Donkey. And then the song, because you know I write them in song. Then the song the following year, One New Zealand Children's Song of the Year, that sort of catapulted its noticeability I guess to the publishers and then when I repitched the publisher again they sort of sat up and had a listen this time and that was scholastic and then a couple of weeks later they said yeah we'll do a 3,000 print run because they weren't sure how it was going to go it proceeded to just sell out sell out sell out so they had to keep printing here in New Zealand and then they launched it in Australia and it did a similar thing there so over the last nine years a wonky donkey sold just under a million copies which was good in nine years. And then, of course, you know, Janice Clark, the Scottish granny, got a hold of it. And she sort of launched it overseas. 
that video has been seen around 250 million times, I think, now. So she sort of launched that book overseas. And then in the last year, The Wonky Donkey sold a further 3 million copies. I've written 10 books all up, but the ones that are more well-known, of course, are the, are the Donkey series ones, which is The Wonky Donkey. And then last year I wrote The Dinky Donkey, which has now sold a further half a million copies. The Granny Granny Donkey is just about to come out in, in a month. So we're very excited about the Granny Granny Donkey. As I said, a bit more nice, not so silly. How did you handle that first rejection? No, not, not too bad. I have no problems. It's one of my superpowers, I guess, is I don't have any problems with people saying no. In my youth, I used to do uh, door-to-door sales, like going to people's houses and going to people's businesses. And you learn how to handle rejection quite well in that environment. So my previous business experience, which involved door-to-door sales, really helped me to handle and also just not be afraid of giving things a go. What were you selling door-to-door? Everything. We were doing toys and giftware and stationery and calculators and books. And I did it for quite some time. What makes a good door-to-door salesman? Well, someone who's good at handling rejection. What did you think when you saw that Scottish nanny video come out? Did you know it was coming out? Oh, no. No, that was very organic. Her daughter, Fiona, just thought, oh, I think think my mum will enjoy this book. And she just started recording it. I guess she had obviously an inkling of how her mum would respond. So not knowing that, of course, we'd get that gold. (laughs) If you don't know the story, I'll explain it to you. That she, She posted it on her Janice Clark as the Scottish granny. So they posted it on Janice Clark's Facebook group. And it was a closed group. So no one could see it outside. And then one person, and I'm not sure, I've I've got to find out who that person is, says, this is so hilarious. Do you mind that I share it outside of the closed group with my friends and family because they'll enjoy it? And that was the start of the 250 million views. So just one share outside of that knitting group is all it took. And of course, it just got crazy. It just got really, really crazy. Did her laugh make you laugh? Oh, it still does. I mean, I've watched it a lot. (laughs) And I still can't watch it without having a giggle. But yeah, there were times where when I first started watching it, I mean, I was crying, laughing. And it was kind of a double whammy for me because something I've created with Katz Cowley, the, the illustrator. It was really, really poignant for me. Can you tell me about your writing process? I do a creative writing workshop with children when I go to the schools. And one of the biggest lessons I try to teach them is that once you become a writer, the inspiration to write comes from everywhere. I'll give an example. If you you go down to the beach and you're a surfer, you're probably not going to think about writing. You're probably going to look at the way the waves are breaking. Is it an onshore wind? Is it an offshore wind? Can I surf the waves today? You're not going to be thinking about writing. Equally, if you're a fisherman, you'll probably go down and you won't be thinking about surfing or writing. Once you become a writer and you go down to the beach, something might happen and you'll think, oh, I can write about that. So you've got to become a writer first before the inspiration to write happens. That takes a bit of discipline and it takes focus and it takes intent. You've got to be able to sit down and say, I'm passionate about writing stories and and I want to be a storyteller. Once you make that decision, which many, many people do not do, then everything goes through the filter of being a writer. So you get your inspiration from everywhere. Does that make sense? How do you become a good storyteller? It's got to be something that you're passionate about. 
there's plenty of people that have never thought about me writing. And there's plenty of people who have never thought about surfing. I actually just joined like a writing cohort to try to become a better writer. And right. the first exercise was just pick an item around you right. and imagine that it's alive. That's what I tell the kids to do. I just say, look, just start writing. Write about anything and everything. Because when you get into that habit of writing every day, then it doesn't matter whether you're published or not. But you can still call yourself a writer because you're writing every day modern phones these days are great make sure that they're connected to the cloud or they're connected to google docs because if your laptop if you've got a whole bunch of ideas on your laptop or writings on your laptop and then it dies you lose your hard drive that's a terrible thing to happen have other people tried to tell you jokes to get you to write another story oh uh, sure sure lots of people say hey you should write about this and i'm like well why don't you write about it <laughs> you know? like if you think it's a great idea why don't you write about it? Like, there's there's nothing stopping you. Happens all the time. Have you met Janice? Yeah, yeah. We flew her over for the launch of the Dinky Donkey. She's exactly how you'd expect. She's funny and she's easy to make laugh. And she's a lovely lady. She likes a single malt whiskey, which is nice. <laughs> but she is from Scotland, so that makes sense. I was reading a book with my son the other day, and he was so into it in the beginning because it had this, mm-hmm. like, giant carp fish. and right. It had a humorous tone to it. And then in the end, the story said that they were going to put the carp in jail. Right. And it just was like such a bad ending that we both were like, we were looking at each other like, what? (laughs) I probably won't read it again because the ending was so bad. Like the story was good until the end. And then we were both just left like, that didn't even make sense. And I'm like. How how old's your son? He's eight. Oh, yeah. Sure such a bummer when the book is going well and then you're like but yes kids just tell it to you straight like he was like a fish would never go to jail (laughs) (laughs) another kid might love it you know so that's the thing Mm. well i read all four of mine your book and they all liked it and i have a 12 a 9 a 7 and a one and a half year old and it kept all of their attention so that's pretty crazy Well, if you put the music on with it as well, it sort of doubles up. The other thing you've got to think of, which is you've got kids who are visual learners. They'll, they'll look at pictures and read words. And then you've got oral learners. And you'll need to be reading sort of to them more than, well, they need to hear it. And then you've got the kinesthetic learners, which are the kids who need to move. You'll find kinesthetic kids who learn well kinesthetically in the sports field. It doesn't mean that they can't learn well. It just means that perhaps a lot of the learning that goes on in classroom is visual or oral and very little movement. And some kids need to move to learn. So what I love about my books is with the music as well, is not only can they read it, but then orally they can listen to it. And then finally, because of the music, they can move to it. And it's not something that I sat down and went, oh, this is what I'm going to do. It's just I'm a musician at heart. I guess I just got lucky with the fact that I write all my stories a song and then they get turned into books as well. I love the fact that I I get videos and I get people like yourself telling me stories, these all the time, that that they had a special moment with their child reading my books. You can't get better than that. I mean, it's great to, to sell millions of copies and make money from what you do. But when you get families telling you that there's been a memory created around your work that they will never forget in their life, that's heartwarming. 
could you play me some of your music? I mean, I can do the last line of the wonky donkey for you. He was a spunky, hanky, panky, cranky, stinky, dinky, lanky, honky, tonky, winky, wonky, donkey. <laughs> that is such a tongue twister. I don't even know how you can do that. I try. I've listened to it so many times. It's really challenging. Can you do the alphabet backwards? Sure. So it's Z Y X W V U T S R Q P O N N L K J H G F E D C B A. You're learning in mnemonics. You're learning in song. So it's far easier to remember things in song than it is to remember them without songs. Do you play any other instruments? Just harmonica and and ukulele. I just bought my two younger children or middle two children ukulele. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a great instrument. You know, I've written a couple of songs in ukulele. And if you go to my YouTube, there's a tutorial on there on how to play a wonky donkey on ukulele. That's on there. And also how to play a song I wrote called Size Doesn't Matter. And that's on ukulele as well. And there's the title of this show. (laughs) (laughs) Did you go on a book tour? Yeah, I tour a lot. And my book tours are more concerts. So what we do is we put the books on PDF file, we screen them on smart screen. So we have someone who turns the pages of the books on the big screen behind me and then I play my music. And so again, the kids who are kinesthetic can get up and have a bit of a boogie and the kids who are just uh, oral can sit there and listen and the ones who are visual can sit there and listen too. But most people tend to get up and have a bit of We have puppets and then we have pantomime people dressed up as some of my characters come out and dance with the kids and stuff like that so it's not your traditional book reading it tends to be quite a lot of mayhem my plan my goal would be to come to north america at some stage in the future and uh, and do a tour well if you want to come to chicago let me know how i can help ah absolutely so what's next well i'm working on a brand new wonky donkey tale wonky dinky donkey tale The working title is Wonky Donkey's Big Surprise. We're hoping to release that next October. Well, this has been so much fun. How can people connect with you? How can people spread the word? Spotify music is the best way to go. It's your favorite downloading or or streaming platform. They're all up there on on all of them. But obviously Spotify is the big one. iTunes, all that sort of stuff. Spreading my music, sharing my books. But you can become a friend or follow me on Facebook, which is at the wonky donkey man you can go to my youtube channel which is again the wonky donkey man youtube channel i have three self-published books there were days where i was going to sleep at 2 a.m and waking up at six and there was a two-week period there where it was so crazy because i had all this other stuff going on and i had obligations because people had purchased books and i had to sign them and get them out and then people had me booked Instead of 1,000, there might have been 2,000, 3,000 people turning up to my shows. And then, of course, people would be buying books afterwards, and I would stay there and sign more books for them. And then I'd have to leave, and people were disappointed because I had to go to my other show. And it was just mayhem. And then after that two or three months, I had a break. I was able to sort of reflect. And you said you were a dad too, right? How did that affect your family? You know, I had a a three-and-a-half-year-old daughter. You've, You've got to make time in your busy day and that's why the last year and a half I've, I've done almost zero touring and of course we know why that hasn't happened in the last six months but I needed that break before COVID turned up. Does she love your books? Yeah it's great one of my self-published books is, is her favorite. 
Well, thank you so much. And You're welcome. Oh boy, let's go to Grandpa. It's a very interesting story. A wonderful addition to your platform and your show. Here's a person who has a unique style. When it's something different, when it's something unique, it doesn't necessarily catch hold right away with people who supposedly know what they're doing. And then all of a sudden, you send it out to the public. You find a forum. You keep trying. You don't take a no for an answer. And he improved upon it. It became an enlightenment to others that really enjoyed it. It went viral. And all of a sudden, he's able to build on it. It can be successful. Isn't that really part of the story of life? Is that if you don't give up and you're really passionate about something, who knows how far it can go? It could really take off. That's why you have to keep trying always. The Better Call Daddy show has been also a great learning experience. You've taken a lot of your experiences and my experiences. But it's not just that. You have to expand upon it. You have to find all the right mechanisms to really make the formula have a chance to continue and to grow on itself. It's almost like fueling your passion or your fire. And it takes energy and it takes willpower and actually doing the work. I want to tell you about UMAP, a program that shows people who they are and how they'll be most successful. Not only did it win the 2020 Career Innovators Award from Career Directors International, but 100% of UMAP certified coaches recommend the program. Let's hear from today's coach, Michelle Raddick. UMAP is changing the world of assessments and understanding an individual. You would be wise to go down this journey become part of a community that has really invested in helping other people get to where they need to be in their careers, you won't regret it. I fully endorse this tool and certification program, so check out myumap.com. That's M-Y-Y-O-U-M-A-P.com. Now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and tune in. Add Better Call Daddy podcast on IG at Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn.com. Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy Show.